Hello, and welcome to another episode of Playing in the Sandbox, Conversations in Pedagogy. I am Katherine Troyer, and I am delighted, as always, to be joined by Lauren Malone. Hi, everyone. With a, a podcast that's devoted to the idea of play and the importance of play in pedagogy and the fact that this last like year plus has been the opposite of, of feeling playful, we thought that this summer we would take a break from the sort of bigger issues that we're looking at and engage in a type of play by having a sort of virtual book club. Yes, and we have chosen the novel Dear Committee Members by Julie Schumacher. So this book is really fun, and um, for those of you who are reading along, you probably have an idea of it. But for those of you who are maybe listening to this before you start the book, um, I can give it a glowing endorsement. So it is Letters. It's an epistolary novel um, from one particular person to various committees that he is on in academia, and it is absolutely hilarious. And I learned that there is actually a sequel to this that just came out in 2021 called The Shakespeare Requirement that picks up with our main character. So I'm very excited to pick up that book after after finishing this one. So what we thought we would do is just sort of have a conversation, Lauren and I, and you that are listening can hopefully feel like you're joining in in the conversation. And of course, um, if you are here at Trinity, you can always send one of us an email and let us know your thoughts. But I wanted to pick a book that was aware of the absurdity and magic that is higher education. Um, and Lauren, you and I looked at a couple of different options and we chose this one. And I'm so glad we did because the number of times that I've just laughed out loud has been so very high. And that doesn't happen a lot for me when I'm reading. But I just I, I sometimes I was sad because I was like, yes, I actually need to put this book down because I have a letter of recommendation to write. Um, and sometimes I was just just laughing, straight up laughing. Uh, what were your, have you finished the book? No, not yet. Okay, excellent. So we're both reading it as it unfolds. I'm trying to draw it out as much as humanly possible. I know. And it's so hard because it's in the, like you said, it's in the epistolary form. So it reads even faster than, than normal. Um, and it's, oh, it's so good. What would you say is the, the best thing about the book for you so far? Oh, that's hard. I think what I really like about the book is that it is, it sort of does a really good job of towing the line between, you know, being those snarky things that we can't say out loud and it's saying it and, but also like giving a really real look at the work and the, some of the like stressors of academia, right? But in a funny way. So it's like super relatable, but it doesn't feel like extra emotional labor on my part to read it, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Actually, as I was reading it, so uh, our main character, and I'm terrible at character names. Um, why am I always so bad at character names? Uh, Jay, right? Uh, you know, he ends all of his different emails or letters with like, or letters, because he's against emails, but like wishing you a scintillating conference or yours in digestive health. And all of a sudden, and, and like, as I was reading, I was like, maybe I need to up my game. I just put best on everything. Um, but, but then, you know, I mean, but it's also tongue in cheek, right? Because half the, the ways he ends his, 
his letters, you're like, why? I can't believe that you're actually ending your letter um, with this, like, super squeaky uh, claim about, you know, how far away you are from the bathrooms. But at the same time, you're so right that uh, there was there were several things that I felt really resonated. One of them is being here at Trinity and, and having our recent um, remodels that are going on. Uh, just the conversation about, you know, like which departments might get to be relocated versus which ones aren't. As, as someone who during grad school was relocated to the furthest corner of our campus out by where the marching band practiced because they were renovating oh the building... Like, every time he brings up dust, my soul just laughs a little bit. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. One summer, I I got a evaluation from a student, and the only thing they wrote was, it's really inconvenient how the closest bathrooms are, are currently under construction. <laughs> and I was like, yep, can't really help you with that in a course evaluation. But, like, there's just, there's always that, like, you know, everything that's under Construction um, is just, that's such a truth. Um, also, just like the the fact that for something that, that we think about being placed so much, right? We think about academic campuses, um, you know, like we think about quads, like we think about higher education as a very, very geographically, but like when you're in higher education, like you can be relocated at any time. Um, or if you're an adjunct, you may not even have an office. You might have like the sub office sub lobby of someone's office as I did at one time. So I thought that was kind of an interesting way to play with this idea that like from the outside, it feels like everything is so fixed physically, but, but inside it's all chaos in terms of where you may be located or where you can find certain people at certain times of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And another one of the things that I think really sticks out to me about this is the, I don't know how, how how we would should characterize this, but the the sort of incestuous is the wrong word, but incestuous nature of academic relationships, professional relationships. Yes. And so as you continue reading on in this novel, you start to understand how Jay is connected to all of these different people and kind of the strings that he's trying to pull and the um the specific like ways in which he's leaning on his network and and you can think of that as leaning on in sense of support or leaning on in sense of pressure um because both happen in the book but um but that was one of the things that really started to sort of stick out in my mind was the way that this book really does a good job of showing those like complexities um, but again, in a really fun way. So you're not like cringing going, oh, I remember someone, something like that happened at my school. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, we see even within those first 65 pages, if you've been reading along, right, we, we know that his ex-wife is at the university. We know that his former lover is at the university. We know that like the people that he's writing a lot of these letters to are people that he went to school with himself. Um, and, and you're right that that, it's interesting because there's both literally so many times that I'll find out that, that, you know, two professors who have very different last names are married. Right. And I'm like, really, you know, there's like, there's so much romantic um, <laughs> entanglement in higher education, but not just that. Um, I just that like, you know, everyone who's in a field seems to know everyone else eventually. And you're like, how do you all know each other? Um, but one of the things that I thought was interesting that Schumacher does is that even though Jay is male and and I've at least been reading him as white. Um so we would expect him to be like 
really fully tied into the good old boy network he's on the outskirts right like because he's he's just so obnoxious um and such a squeaky wheel but also just like doesn't know how to use the internet um that like everyone you know he's like i'm so sorry i made you some artichoke salad right like like we get to see what happens when when you're on the outskirts of that society and what makes it funny or, or those like incestuous relationships and what makes it funny is that this is someone who should be like thriving um in, at the center of all of these um like little connections between people yeah absolutely um I really think it's interesting too. Like, I I think my favorite. So, if you're reading reading along with us or about to start reading along with us, there are a few different types of letters. So there are the letters to, you know, the equals on the playing field. There's level letters to sort of academic superiors, and then there's um, and then there's letters about people who are like he would be considered academically superior to like. Um, up the chain of I guess if you want to think of it that way and so like I really love the letters of recommendation like I had to put the book down when I got to the paintball one because I just like as someone who plays paintball I was like that is hilarious that's probably the funniest thing I've read in a long time the one that caught my attention was the the one where he was writing to the like um the daycare center because it was the same level as the paintball where he was like I don't really know what the fact that my student wrote a story about, you know, um, like a farmer. I don't know what that has to do with taking care of kids, but sure, um, I recommend them. And I just, there was something so incredulous, but also very realistic about that idea of like writing letters of recommendation that it's like, I don't know what my experience with this student in this class that's super random has to do with them in any other respect, but sure. I thought that they were clever for the 16 weeks I've known them. It makes me wonder, just like, why do we do this? Like, what what is the point of these letters of recommendation um, that we're making? But I think my favorite letter of recommendation ones were the um, the ones that he was having to fill out online. Yes, where he kept hitting enter and couldn't get the. Yes, and then um, because. I've done those before, right? And it's not never until you've hit the like word limit or the even worse the character limit that it's like, oh, by the way, there was a word limit, and you're like, could you have not told me this before I started? Yeah, um, and it's gotten so much better, I think. But I remember even when I was like applying for things um, as a going into graduate school, and you know, just the ridiculousness of the forms that had not kept up with the times, um, and just the number of times that he. He says the F word in his um, online letters of recommendation. It just delighted me because it was like, yes, these are the words I've wanted to use every time I filled out an online reference form. Yeah, those are hilarious. And one of the things that he does in in the letters of recommendation that I also think is one of those things that I think it's one of the points of um, what makes this relatable and is kind of the things we'd all like to say but can't is the, I know you're not reading this. <laughs> yes. And like, and at least three of them, he was like, so I know you're not reading this. The kid got a C in my class. I guess that's fine. Yes. (laughs) I actually just filled one out the other day that made me pick who I thought my student would or was most like. And it was like a series of like world leaders and writers and, and artists and creators. And I was like, this is really 
I've never done this before, but also, are you looking at this? Right? Could I just pick all of them? Because I'm sure that you're not paying attention. Um, and not only is he saying, like, I don't think you're listening anymore, but I also appreciate how he uses this as his, like, platform to make his other information or cases known where he's like, by the way, in addition to recommending this person, I would like to point out, I'm sure they would like it if we had a better working bathroom or something. And I just, um, the number of times I felt like, wouldn't it be nice if I could just slip in now that I have your ear, um, all the things that, that need to happen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it's so you had, okay. I, you know, a petty pullover for a second to copy another podcast that I listened to. So they asked you which of those people your student what most reminded you of or or might be most like someday yeah oh or okay so two questions were these all old dead white men no and was there a write-in option (laughs) there was not a write-in option and actually none of them or maybe only three or four of the options were white people because it was it was for um a scholarship for a particular group of people i i don't, I don't want to say the name because i don't want it to become clear like what, what organization right, right. i'm talking about but um but it was it was for students that are are not white and so it was primarily not white people to pick from but it was a really really weird really weird collection of people i've actually seen one question like that before it's not it wasn't it wasn't quite like that, but it was to the same degree. And it was like, it was like George Washington, William Shakespeare, and like, I don't know, like David Crockett or something, something like that. Oh, I don't know. That would be such a, a weird group of people to have to pick from. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what to do with this, but it was for yourself. It was a self-assessment and it was like, oh. who would you most strongly identify with? And I was like, None of these, actually. Yeah, so this one had, like, it had Elon Musk, which I'm not sure anyone, like, like, I wasn't sure should we be, are we supposed to be, like, thinking of the good things that he's done innovatively or, or the fact that he wants to start his own town, right? Like, I, so. Are, are they, are they using this as a red flag? Yeah, yeah. And so the, I was, you know, I wasn't sure, but then they also had, like, um the first Latina something, some prize winning journalist. Um, and then they have like Mother Teresa, um, and the, but then they would also have um, the CEO of some company that does something with oil. Like it was, I mean, you know, it was just real, <laughs> real all over the place. But again, it brings up the absurdity that actually is is this because my question is, is what is that foundation going to use that for? Are they going to be like, well? We're just going to immediately, you know, discard anyone who's an Elon Musk. (laughs) I think that, man, this is a long digression, but I think that there are a lot of places that are really tied to the idea of Myers-Briggs, but don't want to call it or use Myers-Briggs. And so they, they go with the other, the other types of personality tests. And that's kind of, and it's, it's their way of kind of putting you into your box of, okay, this person will work well on this team or won't work well in this situation and that sort of thing. Which just, again, reinforces the idea that one of the best parts about Schumacher's novel is, is if you're not in higher education, you read this and you're like, this is the most absurd, ridiculous, implausible set of scenarios ever. If you're in higher education, you're like, yep, Jay's a lot like a couple people I could name in a couple departments. Um, or, yep, I've written that letter before. 
Um, and that's that's what I thought was so delightful about this book so far is like you said a couple times, um, it feels so authentic to higher education, but not in a way that makes me feel sad or angry, which it so easily could. Also, um, you talked about the idea that like we get to see um, how we write letters differently depending on who we're writing them to. And even though Jay is, he's sort of, I mean, he kind of writes the same to all of them in that he's just real like, I'm going to tell you how it is. Uh, you know, I have tenure. What's it matter? Um, but at the same time, you can tell a difference in terms of like the, the letters that he's writing that are um, especially like that very first letter that we begin with uh, where he's writing to the Bentham Literary Residency Program. Right. We can tell how how much more formal it is when he really wants something versus when he's writing his ex-wife and he's like hey by the way don't be angry at me so please don't take it out on so and so or I've been delighted by the letters that he's been writing to Ted the sociologist who's serving as the interim department chair yes uh-huh <laughs> um and like the the funny like line between um you know like hey I don't want to tell you how to do your job um I'm here for you but also here's how you do your job uh and, and just the awkwardness that is, like, interim chairs, which happens a lot more often than I thought it did, uh, was delightful. And I the only thing I know about the Shakespeare requirement, the sequel, is I think that Jay is is the department chair now. Oh, God. Uh, which means that it should be. This is going to yeah, be great. <laughs> it should be an utterly delightful book. Yeah. And, like, on, on top of what you just said, there's another, like, little piece of something that he does in some of the the letters and i think you brought this up earlier where he is talking to he's got that like kind of i'm kind of taking this seriously so he's adding that tone of deference but he's also like steady complaining about stuff like going off on tangents so they're the one you know the ones where he's talking about the construction uh come to mind but there's also one where he i think he is like writing in support of a co-worker for an award and is like, yeah, um, don't know why composition is apparently controversial in higher education, <laughs> but after you all gutted the English program, I think this person's done a wonderful job. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and then uh, then I think it's in that same letter where he's like, look, if you don't give this person this award, they're not going to be here much longer. So you decide what's most important to you. Um, and I, I think that's, that's what makes this book so funny is that even though like 80% of what he puts into the letters I wouldn't put into letters or even emails. I've had the conversations before, right? Like I've had conversations where about like, hey, isn't it interesting how this university prizes, quote, prizes um, first year composition, but only has adjuncts teaching it? You know what I mean? Like I've had those conversations. Um, so there's nothing in here that I haven't had a version of that conversation, maybe just not quite so um rascally as as jay ends up being i think the the other thing i would like to say in in praise of, of this book is actually more an issue of form than content although obviously the two are related and that is i'm not usually a if ever a big fan of of epistolary form um in part because because as a former english undergrad um you know i read a lot of a lot of like 
Richardson's Pamela, right? And those type of, of books that, that were like, you know, even as I write this letter right now, um, so-and-so is knocking at the door. Let me go see how it is. Or there, you know, and I just like, I always found them, even though they're supposed to have such uh, verisimilitude, I always found them extra fake because it was like, no one is going to say, so-and-so is knocking on the door, but I'm going to keep writing for another five pages. Um, but this felt... This felt very, very real, very authentic, and it made sense how the letters were being written. But I also feel like there's been a clear narrative, and the narrative isn't the traditional narrative. It's it's like the course of the academic year, where things are going to like ramp up real intense, and then they dip down, and then they ramp up, um, and that that makes more sense, right? Because oftentimes our lives aren't defined by like Freytag's pyramid, um, but. But I still found myself wanting to turn the page every page. Absolutely. I think something that's interesting about this book, and it was something that kind of caught me, not caught me off guard, but it was, it wasn't something I was necessarily going into this book thinking I was going to see is like, because there is that sort of stratification of the people that he's writing to, you get to see a sort of, um, sort of the different parts of academia, right? Parts that you might not necessarily be, especially if you're like me and a very early scholar, early career scholar, and um, haven't, you know, haven't been in position for a long time, you get to see parts that maybe you haven't gotten to yet. And so like the parts where he's writing to all of these different people about his, um, his, master student I think or PhD student whoever it is who's writing their thesis and he's trying to get them into that program and trying to like push the student along and you can see the desperation in the letters but it's still got that kind of funny lighthearted feel to it but you can you can sense that he's progressively getting more and more desperate as the as the letters continue yeah I actually had a conversation earlier today about the fact that um it used to be when I would go into a library or a bookstore, I would just be delighted by all the new books. Um, but now I, I find myself like being overwhelmed by all the voices calling out to be read and heard and that are like, read me. I'm an expert. I know what I'm talking about. And I, I, I felt that in this, in this, because you're right. Like, he's like, Hey, I'm telling you right now, this person is, is top notch. Hey, 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 are you listening? I said, this person is top notch. And I, I appreciated having it be someone that was, as you said, further along in their career than either you or I are so that we could kind of see that, you know, it's, it's, we tend to think of it as being something that like, you're trying to find and establish your voice in those first couple of years. But, but the truth is, is that there can be this period of like fallowness, right. in mid career, where you're like, by the way, I'm still writing books, I'm still publishing, but also my students are still doing things. Um, and I, I don't think anyone except for a faculty member, truly and honestly, could have written this book, right? So Schumacher uh, in the bio for the, this particular book uh, says that she's a faculty member in the creative writing program in the Department of English at the University of Minnesota. Um, and I, I just, there's something so very accurate about everything she's writing about um, including all the stuff that, like you said, it has nothing to do with his own scholarship and his own classroom teaching, but all the other things that he's doing and juggling and trying to accomplish. Yeah. So I have a question for you. When you started reading this, because like I, I read the, I read the description, um, right? When we were, when mm -hmm. we were deciding which of these to kind of go with, um, 
But when you were first starting reading this, I guess, did you have any preconceived notions of what this was going to be? Because I thought it was, I knew it was going to be like, it was a humorous book. Um, So I knew it was going to be funny, but I think I kind of expected it to be a lot more of the letters to sort of um, letters kind of to more insular, right? So within the specific department and kind of like, I guess I expected like infighting, right? Or whatever you might think. And it kind of pleasantly surprised me with kind of how different it turned out to be in seeing all of these different letters that he's writing. Yeah. So the only thing I knew is, is that uh, Tom Jenkins, who for those of you not at Trinity is the the director of the collaborative for learning and teaching um, mentioned that he'd read the book before and thought it was humorous. So that was, that was the extent of my, of my knowledge, but I, but you know, I'm glad you brought that up because you're, that is actually what I thought. I thought it was going to be a lot more like, hey, committee that's in charge of approving classes. I just wanted to write to you and explain why this class does count as X. Um, Or, you know, things like that, right? Like, you know, hey, committee looking to hire the next um, provost. I just wanted you to know, here are my thoughts. Um, And I, like you, I think I appreciate more that it's, it's, first off, a diversity of stuff, but that it's not so so limited to the insular because then Jay doesn't come across as being quite so like he's not as obnoxious or as salty or as like rude as I think he would be if or come across if he was only writing to his colleagues yeah absolutely because I I do think that given the level of snark that this book (laughs) contains it could definitely be read especially if it was like if this was all taking place in like one department and it was clear from the context of the letters that everybody had been there for like years Mm -hmm. and years and knew each other, it could come across as just like snarky infighting or that the author was having all of these issues with their department. And this was a thinly veiled, you know, dragging (laughs) of their school. Um, So yeah. Yeah. It was one of the pleasant surprises that I got out of the book. I also, um, I think the other thing I kind of thought, and I, I'd be curious to know if this was how you thought it was going to be, I I had anticipated, and I'm so glad it's not, that it was going to also be a little bit more ridiculous, right? Like, that, that it was going to be, you know, that the scenarios were going to be just a little bit more over the top than they are, and I'm really glad that they aren't. Is that something that you thought as well? I didn't have that expectation, but now that you mention it, yeah, I'm glad that they... But I also, like, now that you say that, yeah, I think I am glad that they that they're a little bit more real to life. But I think there is room. I think that it could have worked if there were super over the top things that have happened that happened in the book, especially because like, I mean, we all have that one story, right? Yes. We all have the the one like you're never going to believe what happened in my class this semester story yes. or the you're never going to be- believe what this other person in my department said to me at the at the faculty meeting. Yes. Um, so I think that there's room for that. And I wouldn't even mind if in the next section that, that we end up reading, if we get one or two of those. But yeah, I, I think I am. I kind of share your feelings about being happy that it was, it's a little bit more um, relatable in a human kind of way. And I think... 
I, I agree with you. I, I too would like to see maybe one or two because you're right. There's sometimes just those unbelievable things. And there are some things that happen like on the last page that we read, right? Um, they talk about the fact that the fax machine is broken because a huge chunk of the ceiling fail, fell on it while someone was attempting to use it. So there are these like sort of big moments. But even though I can't say, I can't necessarily top that fax story, I do remember um, when I was the like office admin for the English uh, and communication department in my undergrad, that the there was the most incredible paper jam on the copy machine of my entire life. And I just remember like three <laughs> or four hours where I was like on my hands and knees, like almost to the point of tears, just trying to get this out because I had to put these binders together. Um, and, you know, like I was covered in soot. And so like, yeah, I think that what's lovely is, is that I may have never written a letter <laughs> to recommend that someone work at a paintball company, but I've definitely done letters that I'm like, I don't know if I'm the best person, but okay. Uh, so I think that's what I liked is that it never felt like, it never felt like, and I think some of it goes back to the infighting, right? Like, it never felt like, you know, so-and-so's having an affair with so-and-so, but but this person was murdered. Like, that would have been amusing, but everything that's in there, I can be like, ooh, I have a story that that feels similar to that. And that, it's just so nice to have something be relatable, but also exaggerated enough that I, again, I don't feel sad about it. Yeah. But I think, to your point, too, kind of on the same same coin but opposite side of maybe some of the stuff we've been talking about like thinking about that paintball one it kind of also is is looking at what we shouldn't do right as faculty like we know we and obviously we know we can't you know drop f-bombs all over a letter (laughs) of recommendation you know no one's saying that but it can get to the point where you're writing so many letters of recommendations where it is just like that. Like, I don't know what y'all think, you know, this person, me knowing this person for six months of topics in black media studies is going uh-huh. to possibly tell you about their ability to change a diaper, but sure, I'll give it a shot. Um, <laughs> like we can't do that. Right. And so, but, but it gets to that point. And so I think it, this does a really good job of, something that parody and satire is supposed to do, which is kind of turning the spotlight on ourselves and looking at how we're sort of behaving in these same situations and what we're doing. Cause yeah, I definitely was reading those going, okay, I gotta definitely make sure that my letters of recommendation are, are personalized <laughs> this year. Yes. And I try and always do that, but you know, it's a good little poke. Reminder. Yeah. It's actually funny. You could almost read this as like a primer on how to write letters of recommendation. Um, yeah. <laughs> not always good, but, but letters of recommendation. We, we touched on this, but I, I do want to say also that I I really appreciate having Jay be mid-career faculty. So one of my favorite things, and I know this is true, like for doctors who watch shows like ER or Grey's Anatomy, so I, uh, and I know it's true for like most teachers that watch shows that have teaching stuff in it, but it always cracks me up when pop culture like tries to, to understand what higher education looks like, especially with like faculty and tenure and things like that, because they're, they're always mm-hmm. just so wrong. But... When we do get representations of professors, they're always they're almost always either portrayed as like faculty that are in the, the latter half of their career that have often given up or faculty in the first half of their career that are like still thirsty and hungry. I feel like rarely do we get the mid-career faculty perspective. Um, and I liked kind of seeing how like he's still trying to remind people of his relevance, which feels very early career, but he also has the freedom to say, a lot of what he wants, which can't happen until you're tenured. So it just, it was really interesting to get that because I don't know if I've ever read another novel or watched 
a movie or anything like that that had someone so clearly situated in mid-career uh, as a professor. Well, is there anything else, Lauren, that you want to say about the first 65 pages before we finish up so that we can keep reading? Uh, I think that's it. Right now, like for me, the one thing that I am kind of doing is I'm trying to just keep track of the the relationship threads. <laughs> because... I think one one um, assumption, another incorrect assumption that I made going into this book was it was going to be, it was going to have a narrative arc through our main character, but it was going to be all random letters. And since we're seeing these kind of recurring people come up, maybe not necessarily in letters to them, but referenced in certain letters, I'm just trying to keep track of who everybody is and how he knows them so that when they come up in later letters, I'm not confused. <laughs> yes, I think that's really, really important because we have the ex-wife, we have the former lover, we have this friend that like has, has popped back into the picture. Um, then we have some of his department colleagues. And I think you're right. I think as we move into the second half of the book, that, that remembering the relationships is going to become much more important. The pages that you need to read for the next read-along are 66 to 131. So we hope that you will keep reading, that you'll share with us your thoughts, um, and we will release our next read-along episode in a few weeks. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.